0: Welcome back to another episode of Scoop TV and we're all one big Trojan family podcast hosted by uscscoop.com. On this week's episode, Mark and Josh, we're going to break down the Trojans' first two weeks of spring camp 2021. Uh, Some of the things we cover, uh, the offensive line, who are they, where are they going, are they developing the right type of attitude, Uh, the running game, is it coming along? Within these two things, we, we talk about offensive line coach Clay McGuire and what he's adding to the team. Uh, we bring you up to date with some injuries. We also break down some position battles and some tempers that might be flaring and why this is a good thing. Uh, a couple other things we're talking about on this episode. Uh, the defense and the defensive line specifically as and their evolution uh, under coach Vic Soto. And then we're also going to close out the show with a little recruiting. Uh, there's some crazy negative stuff going on out there that you wouldn't believe. But yeah, there's there's programs out there that will literally tell them they recruit anything, trying to sway them in their direction. So we hope you enjoy the show. Fight on.
1: Welcome to another episode of Scoop TV. My name is Josh Ann. I'm here with my co-host Mark Culkin today, here to talk about another week of USC Spring Ball. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great this evening. How are you, Josh? I'm doing okay. Catching up on some homework, like every uh, college student on Sunday nights. You know how that usually goes. Um, Mark, I want to ask you about the the scrimmage you saw yesterday. It was uh, another highly contested physical practice from your reports. Just tell us about it. We want to hear your thoughts.
0: So yeah, it just you know, there was a,
1: two or three team sessions. It wasn't really
0: a, a scrimmage. It was, it wasn't really, a, you know, like I said, it wasn't a scrimmage. It was more situational. Um, but real quick, we've we haven't used that term situational mastery so far oh boy. this year. Oh boy. In fact, by my count, Clay Helton has only used that that phrase one time. I don't know if he's purposely staying away from it, um, but. Yesterday, um, the focus and the emphasis was on third down um, and a heavy emphasis on the running game, or in yesterday's case, the lack thereof. Um, The defense right now is playing extremely well. The offensive line is, they're coming together. I think we've identified the starting five. Um, You know, earlier in the day before Saturday's practice, uh, Clay, you know, we met with the media and he said, you know, starting next week, they're going to start identifying, you know, who their best five are by mixing and matching. Um, Why they're going to do that starting next week after two weeks of the same five playing at the one uh, a week before the, the Coliseum scrimmage. I don't know. Um, Seems a little
1: odd. The world may never know.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) I I think maybe, you know, you might see one or two players shuffled in at a couple of positions. But other than that, I think it's time to identify the next, you know, three to five guys that you want to uh, be able to plug and play. So um, as far as what I saw yesterday, defense played really well. Offense has, you know, had a few big plays, um, but there's, you know, after six practices, you know, we're able to see the first and third practice of every week. Um, There's not a whole lot everybody should, you know, kind of be getting upset about or getting too excited about.
1: Right. I mean, the one thought that's been coming into my head is that this was always going to be a work in progress, right? Like, it's not a secret that USC's offensive line struggled last year. And so you bring in a new guy and it's probably going to take all 15 spring practices. It's going to take the summer and it's going to take a lot of the fall to figure this out and try and figure out uh, a create, really create a new mentality in that aspect. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's time to panic, but there's also got to be a sense of urgency because they're going to need every single minute, every single rep. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, yesterday I, I spent a good time really trying to just, I, I don't count reps who's winning this rep versus that rep. I mean, right. You want that there's there's other sites that will provide you that type of information. I don't think you're going to gain a whole lot from it, uh, especially when you're in isolation type of reps. But, um, you know, there is a little bit of value there because you do see some competition. With that said, um, you know what I'm looking at when I'm watching the offensive line right now, especially when they're working there as a group, uh, out, off in the corner is, you know, the. The teaching that's going on the type of teaching um you know when it move when they move over into the team sessions this is where clay mcguire goes from you know teacher to you know my hair's on fire bat out of hell get your shit done mode um yesterday he, he made an example out of you know a few players um because it's it's like you know what we've gone over this this isn't about you, you know, not knowing your assignment. This is just you not doing your assignment. Um, and it's it's more of the type of coaching you've been seeing on the defense side of the ball. There's more accountability. There's more in your face. Um, it's more of a God. I hate to use the term
1: bully mentality, but
0: you know, it's more of a football old school type of mentality.
1: A little bit
0: more hard-nosed, would you say? Yeah. I give Clay Clay McGuire credit for that. And we'll see how that, you know, how it works out, how that plays itself with these guys. Uh, For the most part, they seem to be pretty receptive to it. Mm -hmm. Um, They know that, hey, (laughs) they're under the microscope right now. If if this team has any chance of being successful come the fall, it's going to start with them because the defense is – just going to continue to get better in the second year of the system. And with the recruiting class that's been coming in on defense specifically, you know, these last couple of years, they've been restocking the, the covers with some good talent. Mm-hmm. Good young talent.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's already a few names that have really stuck out right already. Right. The fact that, you know, Anthony, guys like Anthony Beavers and Julian Simon got here eight weeks ago. And they already, you know, making plays and stuff. You know, albeit not not on the first-team offense, but still, right. you just want to look like – want them to look like they belong, right? And a lot of these kids do. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you, though. The offense – and I think every USC fan would agree with you is the offensive line is probably going to be the difference between this team winning 11 games and, the, and winning eight games. Right. Yeah, because you know they're going to be able to throw the ball. They always have been. But can they protect Keating consistently and can they get their running game going?
0: Well, like I said, it's, it's a matter of them just – Playing with a little bit more, you know. You say urgency. I'm going to say a little bit more bulldog mentality, a little more angry. Um, you know, I I made the description that, you know, they're they they block in a defensive mode because we throw the they throw the ball so much. Um, they're they're constantly in that protection type of mode. Whereas the defense, especially during practice right now everything is just pin the ears back go forward you, you got to be able to change that and i that starts with you know focusing on the run game and you know that was heavily emphasized yesterday as far as how successful they were it's a work in progress but um you can see you can see stuff happening you know you can see you know keontae ingram um you know, for a guy his size, he he can still run between the tackles. Brandon Campbell, you know, he he doesn't look like a freshman. He's still learning, uh, but he's still strong enough where if he gets he, – he's not going to go down on initial contact. He was able to – you know, he's, bounce, he's made some big plays, being able to bounce it to the outside uh, when there's nothing in the middle. PI. Uh, Malapiai, um, he's still, in my opinion, the best running back out there right now. So you know that means you know players like Stephen Carr, he still needs to step up his game a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think the the thing about playing running back is that it's a challenge when you're when the when well. the offensive line is still learning, it's a challenge for the running backs as well, right? So I think it's beneficial for a guy like Vai, who I believe has been here the longest. I think he came in in two thousand sixteen. Um, well, for well, a guy like that, who's really seen it all, you know. Well,
0: here's where he and Carr can really be a benefit of the team while the offensive line and the running game is trying to find their footing. They catch the ball so well, you know, out of the backfield. And with right. Carr, you can actually line him up in, as a receiver. Um, so, you know, when you get these guys out in the open space and they're in a one-on-one situation, they're going to win that battle more times than not.
1: Um, you you know, mean like, one-on-one like in a – like get to the stick like one-on-one I got the ball let me make a move on you get by you type of situation correct correct okay right
0: and you know we've been able to see that um, this is where they've been successful on offense during spring right now Mm -hmm. is you know it when the running backs are having their most success it's catching the ball out of the backfield out in the flat and they're basically lined up with a one-on-one defender typically a linebacker so these guys better be able to you know make a move and and win that battle. Now, on occasion, you know, Kanai Malga is going to come in there and he's going to make the tackle. Same thing with Raylan Goldforth, who just came back yesterday. Drake Jackson's back now again. So things are only going to get more challenging for the offense as these guys are returning. So there's yeah. that to look forward to.
1: <laughs> it's going to be interesting, right? Because they also got Chris Deal as a name. He yep. also came back the other day, yeah. But the offense will also get a, some reinforcements. Brew McCoy is scheduled to come back this week after clearing a COVID protocol. So right. a lot of uh, big names coming back from the Trojan roster.
0: Right, so if Brew is back, um, I believe, Tuesday is their first you know practice outside. Um, that would make him eligible on the third practice, which would be Saturday next week, to put on pads. Uh, in the Coliseum. So we'll see. But, you know, he's been away for these first two weeks. We'll see what kind of football shape he's in.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we want to talk really quick about an injury, Max Williams. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the reports came out. It, it didn't look good. And Clay Hilton confirmed. Oh, is that, actually, his dad confirmed. And uh, Max, unfortunately, tore his ACL. Uh Personally, it broke my heart. Everybody knows Max Williams is my favorite player on the team. Uh, he's a grinder. He's, like 5'9", 5'10". But when he's out there, he's a bulldog, man. He's so physical. And it's just unfortunate because he came back so fast from that first one that he tore at the end of his senior year. And he's played really well since. So, you know, our thoughts go out to Max as he uh, gets back.
0: Well, let's just hope that uh, he has the same recovery speed uh, and the timeline that he had the first time. Uh, Because like you said, man, the diminutive one, um, he might be smaller in size, but, man, he he has – Zero fear of anybody in front Zero. of him, um, and that's refreshing to watch. So yeah, we hope he comes back sooner than later, and uh, we're hoping for the best. But um, next man up. So we had a chance to see uh, Isaiah Polamau get some get a look there at the nickel. Uh, he's finding his way. He still has to learn, you know, the calls obviously. Um, but, you know, he's captain senior, he's been around, I, I think it'll he'll catch on sooner. It, it won't take very long. Um, but, you know, for them to be able to trust moving Isaiah up into the box where he can, you know, use his physicality, um, they might, they must feel good about the other safeties that they can plug and play behind him now. You know, I've been commenting about Chase Williams. Um, it looks like he's probably going to be playing Hufanga spot. Um, he's played really, really well. Uh, he's making plays everywhere. hes I think he's the vocal leader of the defense now. And then uh, we just got to find out between, you know, Alford, Samarian Gordon, and, you know, um, a couple of the other younger safety guys. Jalen Bullock, yeah. Caitlin Bullock, um, you know, who who's going to step back there and play maybe that, that free safety uh, ball hawk position, or do they want to just move chase back there and have somebody else up in the box?
1: Yeah, there's there's going to be some interchangeability there for sure. Who do you think
0: would be the, what do you think would be the best safety combination if they keep Isaiah up uh, at nickel?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really interesting, right? When Clay mentioned that they were going to try Isaiah Polam out there with Britton Allen. It, it was funny to me that they mentioned Britain because I, I originally I originally thought Britain was going to be one of the safeties they put in the back, but I guess right. they imagine him because he's a physical player too. So they I guess they'd imagine him being a little bit better close to the line. Um, I'm with you though, Chase Williams and Xavier and Alford is probably the way I go right now, just because you know Chase has been here for a while. He's played well in his spurts. I think you know he's done. He's come in and made some good plays, and you're saying he's taking another step in the in the spring. Yep, and yep. Xavier and Alford, I mean, this is a guy that was extremely highly recruited out of high school got a great relationship with Niver and he's already spent one year at a big time division one program. So we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess that's probably the way they'll go, uh, at least in the beginning, you know, you've got some experience there that you can lean on while the younger guys kind of grow into it and learn the system some more. Uh, but, you know, hopefully uh, that position doesn't get any thinner. Uh, right. Because, then things can get a little sketchy. Um, you know, one of the nice things that we're seeing out of these uh, physical practices, and, you know, this isn't lip service anymore. Uh, in the past, you know, Clay Helton's talked about we're going to be physical and we're going to, you know, use all of our practices. They are doing it right now. Um, and uh, there's no sign of them actually letting up on this. So... Um, one of the benefits out of this is you're starting to see some, some competition come out and maybe a little bit of uh, personal grudges coming out. Whether they're real or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, yesterday, Chris Steele and the freshman, Michael Jackson III, had to be separated. Um, there, were, there, was, there was a punch thrown. Nothing serious, nothing connected. But, um, you know, if people remember who follow social media, earlier in the week, uh, Chris Steele let everybody know that things are going to be a little different this week when he returned, um, that maybe some of these younger guys who have been having a good time and, and showing up might not find it as easy. Well, things really didn't change that much. And so, you know, Chris Steele said, hey, you know what? got to earn your stripes you can't just come out here and do things and kind of got in his face next you know on the very next play Michael Jackson was involved with I believe it was Jaden Williams you know they were wrestling with each other's jerseys and Chris Steele had to come in and you know he's a defensive guy so he had his guys back and I'm not sure what's going on here they don't like the freshman either because he's just doing really well or that guy's doing a lot of smack
1: talking too either way he's backing
0: it
1: up <laughs> well here's what it probably is right mark both right it's probably both i mean it's not it's you know we see it on the highlights is michael is come in and he's, he's looks super comfortable kiri right. he spoke super highly of him super serious kid right and he's coming he's come to take some jobs like it's, it's pretty clear you know there's a with brew out there was there was a spot and reps to go around and michael has taken full advantage of that and you know, I enjoy, I enjoy the competition, right? These guys are going at each other and hey, as long as it's not a distraction to the team and it's not like, you know, cancerous or anything like that, it's cool with me. Let's go at it. Let's have fun.
0: And, and, you know, let's, let's, let's not be naive here. For anybody who's ever played competitive sports on a team, you know, there's certain locker room dynamics that go on. There's a, there's, there's kind of like a, a, I don't want to call it a hazing ritual, but there, you know, you, you have to kind of earn your stripes and you know sometimes there's some contrived things that go on where the older guys will purposely start something with the younger guys just to see what you're made of and that'll go a long way in the locker room because when the rest of the team sees, hey you know what nobody's afraid of anybody we're all here together that kind of galvanizes everybody and you know Scott and I were talking about this uh, yesterday after practice. Other players are noticing this, and they're like, "Hey, man, we didn't realize this. players like this have that in them."
1: So uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, I love it. Rather be too competitive than not competitive. Right? Like, you—it's really hard to get somebody motivated to do something, right? That's like one—that's an intangible, right? And so, you know, Michael's come in. He's coming serious, and he's—you know—he was—he was underrated in my opinion. You know, Scott had him as a four-star. Many didn't for no reason. I don't understand, so.
0: And I'll tell you what, if, if, if I'm Chris Steele and I want to be mad at somebody, I'm going to go get, and be, get mad at jo- Joshua Jackson because he's the guy who's showing you up. Right? Yeah. That's the guy you should be battling your spot for. Not getting mad at the freshman receivers. who's just doing a really good job and making everybody else look bad. But again, just football. Nothing to do we're,
1: yeah, just competitive football. These
0: we're guys we're are to, uh, ready to go. Yeah, we're just trying to create a little buzz here for people who can't be there and see it for themselves. Um, you know, one thing I, I again want to come back to is the defensive line, how well they're playing. Um, it doesn't really matter what combination they're throwing out there. Um, you can have you know Thule at one end. You you can have Jake Lichtenstein out there. You can have Dajon Benton, who all of a sudden is standing up at, at one defensive end. <laughs> um, yeah, you can have Peely in the middle. You can have Jay Toya. Um, Kobe Pepe, before I think he hurt his shoulder, was, was starting to show a little bit. So, you know, Coach oto has got his guys playing well. Um, Coach Orlando, he's got the defense. They're in attack mode right now. We'll see what happens going forward these next what, two and a half weeks. Uh, because we just finished practice number six, they've got fifteen sessions. So, um, spring camp doesn't actually end Saturday; uh, they'll have another week following, which is weird, but it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny they set it up like that, right? Well, hey, I guess they have their reasons. I'm not going to challenge it as long as they get the fifteen in, I really could care less.
0: <laughs> right, and I believe you know you're allowed twelve contact practices. And eight full pad practices. And again, uh, Clay Helton said they're going to use every single one of those. Um, if he doesn't. You know, obviously his feet are going to be held to the fire. and He's going to be called out on it. So we'll see. But, you know, injury-wise, this team is in good shape. So they should be able to withstand, you know, these physical practices and, and continue doing it going forward.
1: Did uh, We'll have an update on Brandon Bealey this week as well. Yeah, it looked on. like,
0: it looked just like, a, a, I believe it was his left ankle. Um, he was just walking around on his own later in the day. Um, I don't think it's ah. too serious, so it didn't require you know, he wasn't on crutches or he hadn't slipped in any type of walking boot or anything. Um, speaking of you know, Liam, um, Liam Douglas, you know, he's out there in a walking boot, but yesterday, but he's got <laughs> the rest of his pads on from head <laughs> to toe. <laughs> <It's> like, why?
1: <laughs> hey, man, I respect you, bro.
0: But you know what? maybe he was work doing some work during the team sessions, or, I mean during the, the group sessions, I don't know. but uh, that's pretty funny. It did. It looked funny too. Um, but that gave you know our, our good friend Jason Rodriguez uh, the chance to we'll, we'll say redeem himself. <laughs> he became the, the ire of uh, some bad video that got released uh, during the week. In from one isolation rep against the freshman defensive tackle, Jay Toya, who got in place and
1: he has the biggest head he's ever, he's ever seen.
0: Right, elephant head. <laughs> um, but, you know, he got the best of on this rep. Um, so on Saturday, he was running with the twos at right guard all day. Um, he had some great plays and he had some plays where, like I mentioned earlier, cl- Coach McGuire got into him, lit into him hard. I mean, he literally went from zero to 60 like that. And it was for different reasons. And that's the type of coaching this offensive line needs, especially when they're focusing on the run game. If they're going to put that work in, let's get it done. You know, these, you don't have a lot of time. Yeah, you have the spring, you got the summer and you got the fall, but, look where we are already this year we're already in april right exactly that means prps are like a month and a half away and then before you know it fall camp will be right on top of you so there is yeah you know you said it there, there's a there's an urgency here uh, they got to identify their offensive line guys um, in my opinion, I think they've already identified their starting five and now they're going to kind of figure out the next, you know, three to five guys. I, I think Clay McGuire said they want eight guys that they can rotate. Was that
1: the number he used? I believe so. Yeah, that that was around the number he said. Yeah, right. But yeah, and I mean, you know, with, we, we know alignment in football. It's it, somebody's always going to get hurt. It's, it's unfortunate it's always like somebody turns an ankle somebody steps on somebody else's foot somebody gets rolled up on has to miss two weeks so you gotta have more than five guys you can trust and you can play
0: so we'll be back out there um tuesday afternoon uh 3 30 uh on tuesday morning i trying to remember who we have oh um i think we're gonna have a tight end coach is that do you remember who uh tim said we'll have tuesday morning are you looking at
1: it right now? <laughs> this week, we will have Vavai malapai Stephen Carr, and Mike Jinx on oh, Tuesday. Okay. And on, on Thursday, we will have Dante Williams and Chris Steele. Ooh. Yeah. Should be a fun week. It'll be a, yeah, a lot of good interviews in this week. Should, be a, well, should yeah. be a good time.
0: And you know what? Maybe they, they set up, maybe there's, you know what, maybe these guys are smarter than we are the way they're setting up their practice schedule, and then immediately after something that was a heavy focus, guess who the next coach and players are that we're going to talk to the day after, so to speak.
1: And you know, everybody wants to hear from Dante and Mike Jinks. You know, these are two coaches that people, yeah. like people know what Graham was going to say. People know what Kerry Colbert's going to say. But, you know, with Mike Jinks and Dante, they're, you know, more low-key guys. So we'll see. Sorry.
0: You, uh, real quick before we, uh, sign off, um, I think Scott put up there on USC scoop, uh, the one of we, who we thought was a linebacker target, Cyrus Moss, um, USC, uh, didn't end up in his top five. That's yeah, two, of, uh, two of USC's top targets who lucked USC out.
1: Um, is there an issue? Is there a concern here? What are your thoughts? It is it, definitely tough, right? When you don't even make the top five, because especially when you consider, I believe the top five was Notre Dame, Clemson, Arizona State, Oregon. Oregon, right? So those there's two Pac-12 teams in there. Then USC, presumably, because they went after this kid, you know, they recruited him pretty hard from what I know. So it's tough when you see uh, two other Pac-12 schools in there and USC is not in there for what reasons? You know, that you know, it's debatable, but. I think, I think another thing it means is that David Bailey, the linebacker from modern day, is, he's already a must-get, but he's definitely a must-get now because the options are slowly. They're, thinner. Doing, They're getting thinner. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you have to wonder, you know, is it a communication issue with USC or are there some other outside voices working against USC? I mean, we found out recently that there are coaches – around the country that will tell players things that are so ridiculously stupid and their players will believe them. Uh, for instance, you know we've got a five-star receiver coming to take an official visit to USC, but before he had no idea that USC was putting receivers into the NFL or had a good broadcasting
1: and communications department. I mean, he literally had zero idea about this. Those are, and it's crazy because those are two things this university pushes so much. Like if you, if y'all follow USC uh, football and USC athletics on Instagram and Twitter, it's, they're always pushing, you know, Nellie, Woods, uh, Marquise Lee, Pittman, and they're always pushing these kids. And then I, I you know, if you do one minute of research in the USC Annenberg, it's a very well-renowned program. And so, you know, when you read things like that, it makes you, it makes you go, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, you know, I, negative recruiting happens every day
1: but
0: you would think that that a a coach or somebody on you know on the recruiting staff would would know to say let's not take it to the ridiculous ridiculously stupid level let's just take it to the stupid level um because that type of stuff's going to come back and bite you in the bud (laughs) so you know usc got on top of that real quick and Immediately, this this you know recruit is has scheduled his official visit, so
1: it's gonna. That is a that, top, top, top school list too, for school. I'm sorry. They, they also made his top school list too that he recently put out. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Hmm. So
0: you know, that's the type of stuff that goes on with recruiting. Just wanted to kind of point that out a little bit.
1: And we'll do a big episode once June comes around because. Every day it seems like another kid is scheduling our weekend in June and it's going to be crazy across the country. It is, you know, these coaches and these players have been waiting so long to get on campuses and it's going to be explosive. I, I don't think we've ever, we've ever seen anything like it to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: I USC, I think they're setting up two periods where they're just going to go balls to the wall with recruiting. June is going to be the official visit month. And then before early signing day in December, they're going to do one of those big, similar type of, hey, you, you, and you, and you are, have a special invite. Let's close the deal type of event. This is the type of things they used to do with when Pete Carroll was recruiting to close a deal. Um, back in those Legendary homes. weekends. Right. Legendary
1: weekends, right? Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> so they need to, they're, they're, I think they need to get back to that. And I think that's kind of some of the strategy they're, they're going to be using. We'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. So uh, until then, next Sunday, um, maybe Brandon will be back with us. He had a date night tonight with the wife. Uh, so Brandon, uh, Josh and I are going to hold down the fort for you until until he comes back. And we'll uh, be able to wrap up the scrimmage uh, that's happening next week, as well as uh, everything that's gone on this upcoming week with practice. So, if we have anything pressing before then, uh, we might have a, another episode. But, we'll do an emergency episode. Right week yeah. breaking news
1: yep all right my man till next week i don't